Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. All right, my friends, today's episode is coming at kind of a perfect time, I feel like. We're going to talk about how to navigate a rock bottom. Oh my gosh, the ups and downs of life, you know, we're all going to hit a rock bottom probably pretty frequently, you know, and um, rock bottoms are going to look different every time. And if you're familiar with Lacey Phillips' work, you know, she, she calls the rock bottom kind of a magic dark, a magic dark, meaning that there is so much juice and potential in the pit. And it might not seem like it, but we're going to talk about uh, what that means. Okay, so the first phase of navigating a rock bottom is acknowledging it, really accepting where we are and not in a place of victimhood, but just surrendering to the experience in the moment. And acknowledgement really is kind of the first step in anything, in any deep emotional experience. It kind of reminds me of the stages of grief. Like the first stage here is acknowledging that um, you're in pain, that it hurts and taking a good look in the mirror and taking a look at your life and and noticing what's going on so that you can start to move forward. But the first phase is acknowledgement, acceptance. So recognizing what's going on here can also help us to set our sights on how we're going to grow and how we're going to move forward and get ourselves out of this predicament. And something else that I think about as as we navigate rock bottoms is the saying that millionaires are made in recessions. And I just think of this because it's such a classic example of how being in darkness often yields huge clarity because we end up in these pressure cookers where, yes, we kind of go into survival mode, but if we weren't in the pressure cooker, we wouldn't look for new solutions and new experimentations and new ways of, of growing. And honestly, this we really saw with the cryptocurrency boom. People just had huge success because they were pivoting and they were learning new things. And anyways, so we can look at this as that magic dark, as we just said, that magic dark where there's all this potential for a new outcome and a new way of being. And I also think of a rock bottom, like I have this image in my head of somebody curled up in fetal position, and it reminds me of this image of being in a cocoon, you know, where everything is crumbling and decaying, but also a new life is being formed, and there's this new magic being formed and getting ready to be birthed. And I think this episode is especially potent right now because we just came out of eclipse season and Mercury retrograde and Pluto retrograde. Just in the last week, we're finally coming out of that shadow phase. And I have just become so obsessed with astrology over the last year, and I really want to study it more. And what I've been doing over the last, you know, at least few months is writing down like, depending on an emotional experience, when I journal about it, I also mark the planetary alignments going on next to each of these big moments. Because when I look back at my journal entries, 
it just all makes so much sense and it's really gratifying and just makes me feel understood by something bigger than myself and also connected to all of you guys as community because I I find that often whenever I'm going through something, a lot of people are going through it and it's it still surprises me to this day. For example, like the last week in particular, um, I I had a really difficult last week and a difficult, difficult last month. And this is, you know, why I wanted to talk about a rock bottom because I'm the guinea pig, right? <laughs> I'm in the trenches. I'm going to show you how to get out. So a huge thing that was coming up for me was the abandonment wound. And I was I just felt like I was going into these places in my mind that honestly felt like psychosis. Like I could feel my brain shifting into my 16 year old self and couldn't quite figure out like what was going on why was I getting so triggered you know where was my stability but then I really took a moment to accept like okay part of me is in pain and that's okay that's the first level right is acceptance and acknowledgement so okay I'm in pain there's still a lot of wounding here that's coming up so I asked why and I think this is one of the most important keys in healing from a rock bottom is asking why. Why do I feel this way? Because that why, as we ask it over and over and over again, will take us to the root core trigger and the root of, of all of that pain. So as I continue to ask myself, why, why do I feel so scared right now? Why do I feel like I'm at my wits end? And why is it hard to literally be alive right now? Why, why is life so painful right now? I'm usually such a happy, upbeat, confident person. Like this is who I am. So this felt like my 16 year old self. And as I asked that question, why I found myself way back Uh, at 16 years old, having this really difficult memory come to the surface that I realized I hadn't healed from. And I just had this big breakdown and this grief for my teenage self. And you guys know probably a little bit about my story, but I really suffered with clinical depression and suicidal ideations. And it it was this really numb gray space in my life and that resurfaced. So that came up and I was able to just hug myself. And finally, from that point of like, okay, now I know what's going on. This is getting triggered. This wounding from my teenage years is coming up. And what I know now is that when these traumatic memories resurface in the right container, it's actually a good thing because it means that you feel supported and ready to alchemize something difficult. And trauma otherwise doesn't feel safe enough to come up and be healed. Otherwise, we suppress it, right? This is why when I'm working with clients in mentorship, we always have these huge breakthroughs. They have these huge breakthroughs because they're in a safe space to have the breakthrough. They get to break down, to break through in a really safe environment. So I looked at my life the same way. You know, I've got a family that loves me. I've got community. I'm in a wonderful home. The summer is here. Like, there is aliveness all around me. There's well-being all around me. So when I asked myself, why is this trauma coming up now? Why is this hard memory coming up now? I do believe it's because it's ready. I'm ready to handle it. I'm ready to look at it again. Plus, I also find that whenever I'm going to launch something new, I have to learn the lessons of what I'm about to teach. And I know I've said this before, but I'm working on something really special right now. And as I build out the curriculum and build out what I want this to look like and what I want to call it and what I want the message to be, I am learning to 
actually go through the program myself (laughs) so that I can teach it from the highest place of authenticity. This always happens. You know, when I first launched uh, the mentorship around confidence, I really had a lot of work to do around confidence before the launch. When I launched the business program, yep, all that healing around business wounds, money wounds, all that came up. It's amazing. So now I say all of this, I tell you all of this to encourage you to take a real look at like why the rock bottom is hitting when it hits and why it feels ready to come up now. Like how is your life built out at the moment to welcome it and to encourage it to come up, right? So it's actually a beautiful thing. It's really beautiful. And rock bottoms can be amazing turning points. They can be huge opportunities for self-reflection and reevaluation and total shifts in our identity, which is why let's bring in that affirmation as much as possible. The affirmation that says, I am willing to change. I am willing to change. It is safe for me to change because these are alchemical processes. When we go into the depths of our being and really take a look at those painful parts and welcome them with loving arms and say, it's okay, you can come up. It's okay. I'm like feeling kind of emotional right now because this this little breakdown that I was having a few days ago, like I literally looked myself in the mirror and I was crying and I was like, I feel so hurt. I feel so scared right now. And I was hugging myself in the mirror. This is why mirror work is really powerful to like witness our emotions very literally. And as I was hugging myself, I said, you know, Helen, what do you need? What do you need? And I felt like a kid in school that needed a mental health day, that needed like a sick day. So I asked myself, I was like, Helen, do you need a sick day? Do you need, do you need a mental health day? And I was like, yes, I do. So I cleared my calendar um, quite a bit and I said, okay, I'm just gonna sit in bed. I'm gonna watch Queer Eye and I'm gonna work from bed and I'm just gonna nurture myself. And I felt so much better. And the last few days I've just been coming out of that and just feeling so much better. And nature has been a huge part of that healing for me. But yeah, coming back to like the identity shift, because yeah, we've got to kind of take ourselves through these cycles. It's not just adolescence and and teenage years and our 20s. Like we are going to be going through these growth points a lot. It's just life. And it's beautiful because who wants to say the same their whole life? But change requires an identity shift. And we don't change until we're usually pushed up against a wall or until we realize like something's really not working. Something's got to change. So yes, that's the first, first step of this. The next part of experiencing a rock bottom is to seek support. Okay. This is where we get into vulnerability. Does this sound like you? You've hit a plateau in life, but just don't know where to turn. It's like, you know, you're ready to feel better, but how do you do that? I know what that feels like to basically throw everything at the wall without getting results, feeling frustrated with trying yoga, breath work, journaling, exercising, even therapy, but nothing seems to help. That was me five years ago. And if you're like me, you're ambitious, you're ready and willing to change. You know that it's possible to lead a happy and fulfilling life. And you know that you could feel confident, but you just don't know where to start. This is exactly why I offer the confidence mentorship. Our work together is to bring loving awareness to those limiting beliefs and alchemize them so that you can finally step into the woman you've always known you could be and bring you back home to yourself. What I love about this 16 week program is that we initiate huge action in your life to help you evolve into your highest self at 10x speed. It has been absolutely amazing to see my clients literally quantum leap from week to week. So if this feels like a full body, yes, you can book a free clarity call with me. The link is in the description below and I'm so excited to get to know you. Thanks for listening. Back to the episode. 
Vulnerability is such an interesting topic. And if you aren't familiar with Brene Brown's work, definitely dive into her. She's like an expert on shame and vulnerability. But the thing about vulnerability is I think a lot of us associate vulnerability with complaining and dragging other people down. We have this idea that vulnerability means we're just telling a big sob story and we're in victimhood and it's only going to drag other people down. But here's the thing. When you think about vulnerability, think about think about what family means to you or think about what friendship means to you or having a really strong relationship means to you. I'd say one of those core pillars is honesty. So I associate vulnerability with honesty about our experience. It can simply be saying, you know, here's how I'm feeling. I don't need a solution. I don't really, I don't need you to say anything. I just want to be honest with you about how I'm feeling and what I'm going through so that you can understand how I'm showing up in this relationship. And if you want support, if you want guidance from them, ask your friends, family, partner, whatever to, to give you support. But vulnerability is actually essential in building strong relationships with ourselves internally and with everybody who surrounds us. It opens up the heart. It opens up the heart chakra and it helps us to feel safe and form deeper bonds with people. Because how are we supposed to really get to know each other and really deeply love each other if we don't know the whole story? right? So vulnerability is essentially honesty. Now we could get into a whole conversation around complaining. And I've been doing a lot of work on complaining because I've realized that I have been unintentionally, but very much so bringing other people into a cycle of suffering sometimes. Like when we're in a rock bottom, it's tempting, I think sometimes to enter suffering and to want to pull people into that suffering just so that we don't feel alone. So I think there's certainly a difference between dragging people into your suffering versus being vulnerable, talking about how you're feeling and then being solution oriented. And the intention is totally different. The intention of complaining is different from opening your heart, right? So just getting used to how that feels to be vulnerable and notice how much it strengthens the bonds between you and your mind and your spirit and the other people who are there for you. And, you know, when I think about, you know, my sister, for example, I want her to come to me every day and just be like, Hell, so this is what I'm going through. What What's up with you? You know, it's like, this is the togetherness. This is that unity consciousness. Like we're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. And you're not bad or wrong or other when you're having a difficult time. It's human. And I think this is really important for any of us who are healers or mentors or coaches or people that are helping lift humanity up. Like we have to give ourselves the grace to know that we don't have to have it all together all the time. Yes, we get to be the eternal optimist, but it's okay to have a hard day and a hard week, you know, but we do get to decide at what level that pain turns into suffering because pain is inevitable suffering is a choice at some point. So there's going to be an amount of time where you have this incubator, where you're going through that heavy shift, where you're crying, where you're working through the heavy shit. Then there comes a point where it's like, okay, all right, it's time to move on. So yes, talk about it. Talk about it with people very intentionally and know that you are not alone and that actually people want to support you. They need to be able to support you to form loving, caring relationships, right? So vulnerability is very, it's strong, it's strength, it's its embracing who you are as a human being and it's helping you move forward with community. We can't do this alone. We cannot do this alone, right? Next point is embracing self-compassion self-compassion. So again, touching on that point of like, there's nothing wrong or bad about you for going through a difficult time. It's actually a beautiful opportunity for 
and up level. So really being kind and gentle with yourself, treating yourself like a kid. If you need a mental health day, take it, you know, really pay attention to how you're nourishing yourself. My form of self-compassion right now has been nature, getting out into nature to think and release and be supported by the earth. Because when we're in nature, we realize that we're never going to be left to die. You know, nature has everything that we possibly could need. There is food in nature. Nature is abundance and we are natural beings. This is our birthright to relish and explore the earth. So no matter what happens, we can always come back home, come back down to earth. And when we're in nature, it literally calms down our nervous system. First of all, breathing in that biome, breathing in that fresh air, and hearing bird song is also, you know, proven to help us calm down because when birds are chirping and when they're singing, it signals that it's safe, that there's not danger around, you know? So nature has been an essential part of self-care and self-compassion. Secondly is journaling, just letting it out all onto the page and, and purging onto the page and really looking at what's been going on in your mind because sometimes we don't even know. We don't even know how to organize our thoughts until it's written down on paper. So I think that's really helpful. And just reframe any negative self-talk that's coming up because when we're in a rock bottom, when we're in fight or flight, you know, our automatic response is typically to go to, I suck. Like, I'm not good at this. Like everything's going wrong. Why am I like this? You know, we get, we get beat up on ourselves. So awareness and starting to shift that talk into more forward thinking, positive self-talk. It's like, even though I'm feeling stuck right now, I know I'm going to make it through this. I've always made it through this and being it's shifting into optimism. And I have a lot of one minute EFT tapping videos on my Instagram right now. I've been rolling those out and I think you guys have been liking those. So anytime that you feel stuck, do some tapping, do some quick tapping. Okay. So embracing self-compassion. This also comes down to nourishment, like making sure that you're getting enough water. Like you're like a plant, right? You're like a house plant. You need water and sunlight and good food. And yeah, exactly. So I think that's all I'll say on the self-compassion part. And then next is setting boundaries and prioritizing your well-being. So if you feel like things are sucking at your energy and you feel these like energy vampires around, shift them out. It's okay to say no. And I just heard Mary-Kate and Ashley saying this in an interview. They were just like, we love that our dad taught us that no is a full sentence. No is a full sentence. And yeah, of course it can be a little harsh to just say straight up no to somebody or something, but there are of course really kind ways to say no. I think I'll make it real on this actually. How to say no in a loving and kind way that sets a really great boundary. So it could look like, thank you so much for thinking of me to go out this evening, but you know what? I'm just going to stay home and rest tonight, but thank you for thinking of me. We'll do it again next time. Or, you know, it's okay to say no to things that feel like it's sucking your energy. You know, if someone at work is saying, Hey, can you take on this extra project? And you're already overwhelmed say, you know what? I've got too much on my plate to do a really great job with this, but thank you for considering me, you know, things like this, setting energetic boundaries so that you can protect your peace is really important, especially when you're in a vulnerable state. So setting boundaries is, is just absolutely essential to our well-being across the board. And this is going to show up not just in a rock bottom, but in every area of our life so that we're keeping our energy, we're, we're practicing energetic hygiene. That's what I'll say. Yeah. This is part of energetic hygiene and well-being. Yeah. And then the next point here is finding purpose in the pain, turning your pain into your purpose. 
what are you learning? Getting really clear on what this rock bottom is teaching you. What is the biggest lesson that you're going to take out of this? And how can you show up differently in the next, in the next portal where this pattern might come up again? How are you going to break the pattern, break the chain so that this pain doesn't resurface identically? And what are you learning from it? What are you learning about yourself? And there's always something so beautiful to learn. For me, when I was just mentioning this abandonment wound that was coming up, for me, it was kind of leaving my childhood in the past in so many ways and forgiving people in my past and myself for the pain that I was experiencing. So for me, the biggest lesson was forgiveness and letting it go, letting it go. At some point, it's okay to let it go and just let it live in the past. You know, it doesn't have to resurface all the time. And also realizing that like, I would love, I would love my own support in other ways. So I'm now I'm seeking new aspects of community to make sure that my energetic hygiene is upkept. Um, so forgiveness really came up. There's always something, there's always something to come up. And I am only a couple months from turning 30. So I think there's a reason that a lot of childhood stuff is coming up because the twenties are still so young that like we're still integrating so many lessons. So yeah, I think there's just a very particular reason the abandonment stuff, the childhood stuff came up and I'm so grateful that it did. Yep. Next part of this is taking small steps and celebrating your progress. So not expecting yourself to just like get over it overnight, right? It might take you a little while to alchemize this and to create that new identity. When we think of that butterfly in the cocoon, it takes a while for that chrysalis to form and the new being to be formed and then emerge as a butterfly. Be patient with yourself and celebrate the progress. Acknowledge the progress that you're making, you know, even if that means like, wow, I wasn't, I didn't say something unkind to myself in that moment. I actually chose to be loving toward myself or I did a great job taking a walk around the block today or I'm so proud of myself for eating vegetables and fruits today to, to nourish myself or I'm so proud of myself for getting enough sleep last night. So embrace and celebrate your progress, you know? And this also goes along with goal setting and getting clear on how you're going to manage this next chapter and how you're going to get yourself out of that rock bottom. So creating a smart goal set for yourself. So smart goal setting stands for, oh, let's see if I can remember it. Specific, manageable. Oh shit. I don't remember. (laughs) There's like a whole saying for smart goal setting, but basically we want it to be time sensitive. We want it to be specific, measurable, and effective. So when we're setting goals, I like to set a more short term, like what's manageable within the next couple weeks, what's going to be a specific way in which you can move forward. That's doable, tangible, and you're going to feel really good about it. If you can just do it in the next two weeks, keeping track of that and celebrating that. Okay. The final part of this is the patience point and the acceptance point, just being really patient with yourself. I think when we are going through these moments, these dark nights of the soul, if you will, we just want it to be over, you know, but it's not over till it's over. And the only way out is through. So also, you know what, guys, things take a lot longer than we think they're going to take. You know, I just, I'm just thinking of content and creating content on Instagram. I've been a content creator for like ever since Instagram came out. I've always been posting like daily. And I went through four years of like, posting every day, you know, what I thought to be valuable content. I just remember feeling so frustrated. I was like, why is my content not taking off? But when I finally leaned into the patience and let go of what I thought the time frame had to be, 
I blew up. I like went, I went viral like within a week. And so I just want to use that example as like being patient and persistent. It's not that it's going to take five years for you to move through something painful or, but you know, I just want to give you this framework that like, let it take the time that it needs to take because there's a reason why it's taking that time. You know, there's some lessons that you're integrating, you're learning new things. So we can't rush the process. You can't rush perfection, you know? So just take your time with it. Practice patience with yourself while staying committed to your growth. As long as you're staying committed to your growth and you're tracking your progress, you're right on time. You're not late. You're not behind, but sometimes things take a little longer than we expect. Okay. So those are our points. Those are our points on getting out of a rock bottom. I'm trying to think if there's any final notes that I want to say on this. Just remember that you have always made it through and you will continue to make it through. Sometimes it does help to go to the worst case scenario because the worst case scenario often isn't that bad. Like you will survive. You will persist. You're going to make it through. You've always made it through. So notice where maybe you're making it a bigger deal than it needs to be and where you can just like calm the waters in your mind. You know, where might you be blowing something out of proportion or making it a huge momentous thing when actually it's okay. It's just an emotion moving through. And these emotions, everything is temporary. Whatever you might be going through right now and whenever you have a rock bottom hit, it's temporary. It's not going to last forever. And there's a reason that it's here. And I truly believe that part of our human experience, maybe the whole purpose of life is to learn resilience. It is to learn trust and faith in the universe and it's continuing to grow so that we can navigate this wheel of samsara and suffering and figure out how to transcend it. And that I'm going to be talking about this in a podcast coming out soon, but this is where quantum leaps happen is when we can have this really heightened sense of self-awareness around what's going on in a moment of pain. And if we can bring that heightened awareness to a point where we know how to collapse time and space to rapidly heal with the tools that we have available to us, that's a quantum leap to me. So instead of something taking a month or a year to heal from with heightened self-awareness and with all of these beautiful tools like meditation, like nourishment, like community, we can collapse that time frame and we can heal a lot faster than we think. So, you know, yin to the yang patience and persistence and also knowing that, you know, it's temporary and you can heal perhaps faster than you think you can when you really dive, dive in and do the work, do that heavy lifting on the front end. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit me up on uh, Instagram. Let me know what your biggest takeaways are and share it with a buddy who you think would benefit from this information and this loving support. Before you go, I want to let you know that there is a free book linked for you in the description below. It's how to embody the most confident version of yourself without bypassing your healing journey. So enjoy that one. And of course, if you've been wanting to work with me one-on-one or looking for courses, just head over to HelenDenham.com. You can learn all about what it's like to work with me and you can even book a free clarity call if you're ready to move forward. Okay, my darlings, enjoy the rest of your day or your evening and I'll talk to you soon.